Oh, I guess we're not going to play that today. <laughs> that's that's perfectly okay because, well, you know what? There is nobody listening right now, so we'll play it now. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. The the beginning to that, and I got to change the whole thing now. (laughs) You got a lot going on, man. I got to change the whole opening of all the pictures that are there, and and probably even the music. And I got to tell you what, well, but it's 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 great to have you here. And Eric Hall is sitting over there. He is uh, our trans our transit transients person, and uh, and he's he's a a gifted uh, bus driver as well as a humanitarian. And uh, a humanist is what you called me earlier, and I'll put you in the same same category as that. Well, and thank you. I'm honored. Somebody who believes in uh, uh, well, and you know, you're going to have to tell us what you believe in. Um, you know, just being kind to people and being a human and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, you know, I think um, the human experience is certainly difficult to define. You know, I don't think anybody's really been successful at, at doing that. But I think we can all say that uh, we share so much in different ways. And the variances that we have are rich by themselves, but not that different from anybody else. You know, we all love, we all cry, we all laugh, we all, you know, um, get up in the morning and do our morning routines. And, and at night we do our nightly routines and and no matter what culture you're from, no matter what your DNA says, it's all kind of similar. And where would we be without this beautiful planet that we live on? We'd you know, be we'd be really screwed. Yeah, which just might be the definition of the human experience. We well, you know I, you just made me think of something, which was that we all experience the same stuff. Which is why. If when you talk about stubbing your big toe, we can all feel the same pain because we all have the same pain when we stub our big toe. That's so true. We probably would say the same word. <laughs> yes, we do. And it's, it's just like, the order that we carry it off in, you know? Why does that hurt so bad? And everybody gets that because there isn't, it's not like there's a culture that's out there that goes, oh no, when I stub my toe, it doesn't hurt at all. Uh, it's it's a common experience that we all have, uh, right. which, which is why the people who sell toilet paper do so well. It's a common experience that we all have uh, uh, about, you know, hygiene. What we do. What we do. But, you know, you know, it is interesting. I will uh, point out that the bidet is enjoying a, a new awareness. It is. Isn't that cool? <laughs> And I don't know what to say. I have not experienced a bidet yet. I haven't. And I, I used to tell my friends, uh, a friend of mine who was uh, very well traveled and and uh, sophisticated in such things. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, so better hygiene to use that. And uh, people know that of, Ameri- of Americans and people that don't use bidets. They, they know that our hygiene is not as high of a level. And my response was, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm never shooting water up there. <laughs> but now that I'm, you know, of an age, I, I, I can predict that at some point, well, you know, now they've got the thing and it's like a hundred bucks or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it takes like five minutes to set it up. Yeah, you know, save on toilet paper. That, that's what I understand. And Ben Winter, who is ch- tuned in today, he says they're the only way to go, uh, which is, is is the bidet. Um, you know, it's interesting because I was uh, I worked at the Doubletree Plaza Hotel at South Center, and we had a presidential suite. 
and it was a very nice big president it had a bar and a big screen tv and then it had the uh, you go into the master bath and there's that toilet and there was another device next to the toilet that i had never seen before oh the drinking fountain yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right, and it was it was in fact the bidet, uh, and I I didn't even know how to pronounce you know I never never, and I said what's that for, <laughs> and it's well you know it, it's it's a, it's a better way of you know I, I just hope the water's not cold to be like whoa exactly exactly but you know it would cut down the carbon footprint you know how many trees we'd save a year by using bidets. Oh, I know. It's I massive. Know. It's massive. Can Even you, if they are cottonwoods, you know. Oh, I, I know. Well, you know the sad thing is, if you're a tree and 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 you're going to give your life for toilet paper, that seems to be kind of a. Uh, you could have a higher calling than that. I agree. It's a shitty ending. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And you know my uh, and my son, who is a, a avid uh, person who believes in uh, hemp. And the universal properties of hemp. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. have you have you done any research on that? Because he says that you can do you can take hemp and you can do anything with it. You can make paper from it. You can build houses with it. You yeah. can it and have a nice time. You can then you know it's 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 an amazing uh, uh, product that that is still highly unavailable to us. Which seems like we should be if it does all these things and and it's like a weed. And it grows like a weed, and it doesn't. It can grow in anything, and it doesn't deplete the soil. Why aren't we using that? It Isn't that look, strange? That is just so bizarre to me. It's but yeah, I agree. It's bizarre. It's so so much better in so many ways, and the cost factors are are very strong. Even when it's not mass produced, if we got to a point where we're mass producing everything through hemp, phew, a lot yeah. of things would be affordable, and build a house from hemp. No, I haven't really studied hemp uh, since the 70s, really. I was in, you know, was really doing some study on hemp back then. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a different. It, it gave me a headache. It gave me a headache, but but I did study it. Yeah, I got tired of eating burritos at 3 o'clock in the morning, so I decided to get that. <sighs> yeah, because you know. that just makes you use toilet paper. You don't have a bidet. <laughs> it's It's a vicious circle. Exactly. Well, somebody came up with a with a bright idea of being able to do a portable um, uh, bidet that you just it's an attachment now that you attach to your toilet, and yeah. then you, then you can just use that, and uh, it only costs like a hundred bucks to to get it. So um, I tell you what, we'll do an experiment here, and you you get it and use it, and then you tell me if 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 it, if it works for you. And well, sure, I'll you. demonstrate it on the air. Sure, why not? <laughs> that was, well, and they're coming directly from Eric Hall's bathroom. Uh, this episode of My Independence Report brought to you by the, the Bidet Forever people. <laughs> Splash your ass. Hey, there's a tagline. There's a, that's a great logo, man. <laughs> yeah, you, are, you, are you tired of wiping your butt? Splash your ass. That would Splash be the way to go. Splash your ass. Oh man, that's a catchphrase. It is. That's another t-shirt. I've got I've got uh um I'm gonna have to make more t-shirts now. So you're on it. <laughs> that's really cool. You're on so, it. <laughs> so it's, it's but uh, uh by the way, Eric is here and and we were gonna talk about he, he actually got me going because I was I was really excited. I I'm in the process of developing a new logo. Have you ever developed a logo for a business? It is not only time consuming, but it's like I like this, I don't like that. And then you, and then and then you find something you like, and then you ask somebody else, and they're like, oh, I don't like that. And so you have to re redo it, have to have to retry and figure it out, and and come up with something. I actually came up, and it was all Eric's fault. He actually came up with something that I think is going to be is going to be really cool. I think it's just dynamite. I think you're on to something great. I think you're onto something great. Well, and, and it's it, well, it's, you did it. Um, so you just led me down that that path. But to give you, if you're listening, to give you an idea of what it is, what we're going to do is, if you were not born in the '60s, uh, 
you need to go back and listen to some of the uh, or look at some of the artwork that was available then, especially in the summer of love in 67, 68 in that in that time period. Um, there, there was some really cool artwork. And but it just gave there was a um, um, a lightness to it. There was a, 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 a real positive vibe, positive feeling to it because it was very colorful and it was bright and, and stuff. And that's what we're going to try and emulate with the, the logo because it's, it's, it's bright and it's happy and which is far from what I do. But, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> one of these days I hope to be happy, but uh, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's great fun. It'll be, it'll be great fun. So. Yeah, it's when uh, folk art was really reaching popularism. Yes. And yes. that's exactly what Peter Max, in my opinion, what Peter Max he is the artist that we're kind of skating around, was so responsible for uh, creating uh, pictures that had this folksy feel that was updated with these vibrant colors that really spoke to a character, our, our character. And I mean that in the sense of uh, not just being a character, but the character of humanism, where we're portrayed as uh, almost a comic strip scene. And it was a very painful era because we were pushing up against the Vietnam War during that summer of love. So there was a lot of pain involved in the self-realization of what, uh, what we were versus who we wanted to be. You know, it's interesting. If you if you go back and listen to the music of the 60s, uh, even the war protest songs and a lot of the a lot of the music that was out there at that time. And uh, I'm talking late 60s, early 70s. Like, like, did you, did you ever see the movie Billy Jack? Oh, man, it's been a long time. That was the uh, half breed Indian guy with the black hat. Yeah. Yes. yes. Do you remember the scene, the theme song? Called one one tin soldier was the name of it. Oh, I had the drum going. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one tin soldier, and the and the premise of the song was you had the valley people and the mountain people, and the and the valley people wanted to get what the mountain people had because they had found eternal happiness, and they'd and, and it was a treasure, and uh, um and this is how the songs evolved back then. Um, so there was the, the, the people on the, on the lower level, they attacked the people on the mountain to get their treasure and they opened up the treasure and it said, peace on earth. Oh, I got to watch that, man. Yeah. Listen to the song. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, a great, a great song. It's called one Coven, uh, uh, wrote it. It's, it, uh, uh, it's called one tin soldier. And, but you see, that was. That was the premise that, that a lot of the kids and the and the youth movement and and the anti-war movement was going on, which is you know, and even John Lennon got involved with it with "Give Peace a Chance," and 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 uh, and there was a lot of a lot of that the, that stuff going on at that time, and uh, and at the same time there was a Vietnam War where we had half a million kids over there at any given time and, and a bunch of, you know, 56,000 died. It was not a good time. It seems so interesting to me. It, it, it seems like we're going through all of that again, or on the verge of going through that again. Yes. You know, we had some pretty dark times the last uh, eight years. I mean, uh, particularly the last four years were pretty dark, but there was that shadow that was being cast the four years being before that. And I feel like there's a release, and it may take us a couple of years to get through that, but it really feels like we're we're coming to another awakening similar to the 60s, where yeah. we could have another version of the Summer of Love. It might be, you know, some other form now, but uh, we could certainly have that version, have our own version of that, and thank God. It sure would be, well... Fortunately, I think the kids that are coming up today are a lot smarter than we are, and they're and just very similar to the kids of the '60s because they were they were interested in doing. If you if you ever watched Woodstock and saw the kids that were 
that were populating that that rock concert and and all the stuff it was it was a free time it was woohoo free and um free love free food you know and all that kind of stuff and 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 then everybody grew up and figured out that you can't make any money on free love and so therefore uh they the the, the baby boomers that were the kids at the time then they be they went corporate on us and now they're in charge they're the ones that are my age now and yeah. and, wow. and so they they all lost they all lost that that innocence that and hopefully we'll get back to that a little bit because i don't believe it's innocence i believe it's just a lifestyle and a way to live and a way to be i think you're right i think you're right i, I don't want to bash commercialism because i think capitalism is, is a really good way to live but uh, we've been very irresponsible in controlling it and that's why we have, you know, billionaires. I mean, who was it? Bugatti? I think Bugatti just released a $9.4 million car. <laughs> really? <laughs> and they're advertising it. They can, they can get enough people to buy a $9 million car that they can advertise for it. They advertise for a $9.4 million car. Now, you have to... Who's watching TV on a Monday night? You know, MacGyver, you know, rerun of MacGyver is on and with duct tape and all his tools that he uses. And then they watch this incredible car, $9.4 million. It better be. And there's an advertisement for this thing. Can it clean your house and cook dinner too? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for 9.4 million, what could possibly be, unless everything is like made of gold or something? I, you know, I did not, I haven't explored it. I love Bugattis. I would love to have an old 70s Rolls Royce. That's on my bucket list. Oh, very nice. That's me, you know. But for a car to cost that much in this day and age, the technology that's in that has got to be stunning. So okay. it might be self-driving is included in part of it. Who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe that's got to. Uh, what do they call that in Star Trek where it makes food for you? Open the drawer and okay. you know the food comes out. You know, maybe I, I don't know. I would I would I'd be disappointed if I bought a nine point four million dollar car and was, you know, renting my apartment for you know twelve hundred bucks and I go out to my car and it uh, doesn't make me lunch. What do they call that? Um the replicator. Food replicator, that's it. Very good. Very, yeah. You know. It is amazing how many times I reference Star Trek on this show because <laughs> was was talking to somebody about uh, about you know living your passion and it's like well you know in the twenty third century uh, according <laughs> to Gene Roddenberry uh, we don't have to work anymore um, because everything's automated and so nobody has to pick cotton or nobody has to build a house it's all automated and so that frees people up to live their lives with passion and with gusto and what they want to do. Wouldn't that uh, be nice? <clears throat> that will be. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, and then it also makes me think of Woody Allen's movie. Oh, uh, what was the name of that one? Everything you've always wanted to know about sex. Uh, that one was good too, but the one where he's in the future and he's the robot, you know, and he has to steal this robot costume and he walks around like a robot. And most people, I think only like 10% of the people in the world are unemployed. And the, the other 90% is a poet or an artist or a writer. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other half are readers that are buying the, the books. And the <laughs> yeah, something like that. But then he enter, he talks to a couple. He, one of his girlfriends is this poet, and she's, she's horrible. <laughs> she's horrible. <laughs> but, we, you know, I, we I, should I, all. I know. I, I know. I remember that 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 movie. Everything you've always wanted to know about sex, uh, that Woody Allen did. And you remember? Remember the, the the scene that that I fell out of my chair was the scene of the the um, the all the sperm were getting together to be to then go and 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 parachute down and oh my and, god! And there was a bunch of white guys in 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 these white suits, and there was one black guy in a black suit, and he was like, "What am I doing here? What am I?" doing here <laughs> and i just it's one of those one of those movies 
one of those movie moments in a theater that you just fall out of your chair. And it's, <laughs> it is so it's so funny and so unexpected. So. I love that. I love. Yeah. It. I gotta watch that again, man. I might do that this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about really something of value <laughs> rather than kick around. <laughs> You you were uh, um, tell us a story of how you got together with with this this lady uh, who is doing this fabulous project in the woods. Christy Fedick, she is a friend of mine. We went to school together back in um, a grade school, and I believe junior high. And then she moved to Monroe to finish high school, and then she went on into. Uh, the Air Force, I believe. And then uh, Facebook, of course, you know, you reconnect with, you know, lots of old friends. And we reconnected there. And uh, she's an avid hiker. And I watch her Facebook posts. And she's an avid, avid uh, outdoors woman. In fact, she has a blog, uh, Adventure Woman. And she's writing a book. And the Forestry Service uh, has asked her to do this book and it's about these structures these hiking structures that uh oh the forestry department built back in the 20s up through the 60s and i think this 74 was the last time they built one and they're these beautiful three-sided structures that uh i don't know if i can share with you Ah, that's okay. I'm going to clamp that because otherwise I'll end up hanging up on you and that'd be worse. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there are these beautiful uh, structures that were built, some of them over 100 years ago. And, of course, they dilapidate over time. And they were set up every, oh, five to six miles. So the forestry department, in order to entice people into enjoying the outdoors, built these structures in a way where people could hike five or six miles a day, make themselves comfortable in this camp area, and then move on to the next structure. That's what they were set up for. And they're built like the Appalachian Mountains have them. They're up and down the West Coast. There's three or four major trails with these structures. And they'll go way back, way back. And it was uh, decreed that they'd be built from the materials that were available on site. Oh, wow. So they would hike in, you know, the tools that were required. And they'd spend however much time it was needed, you know, a weekend or a week to build these structures. And they were mostly log cabin sort of uh, approaches. Very simple building. Sing, uh, cedar shakes, uh, uh, log cabin construction, you know, like uh, the Lego logs that we used to have, that sort of thing. But they would last forever then. They would last forever. And there might be as simple as just a floor. And some might have, you know, a, uh, a table at one end. And some might have sleeping surfaces you know, on each end and the table in the back. And none of them really got, most of them were about eight by 12. There were a couple that were 20 by up to 20 feet uh, on one side. And I think one was actually 26 by 26. Wow. That's, that's big. 26 by 26. That's pretty big. And these are fantastic opportunities. And, and they were meant for people to come out and enjoy it and really be used if they needed to use them, you know, for emergency shelter situations because we didn't have the infrastructure when the concept was put out there that we do now. So over infrastructure, meaning, you know, GPS systems, uh, communication right. systems that we have, and, you know, helicopters can fly out pretty much anywhere and get to somebody in a couple hours if they have the information, right? Um, and over time, you know, people, they think about uh, the fire more than the building. So they might steal a few cedar shakes and put it into the fire to keep things burning. So these buildings sort of get vandalized a bit over time. And there was, uh, it wasn't that long ago, I think 20, 30 years ago, they decided it was no longer 
a budget concern. They had other areas they needed to put uh, the forestry department needed to put their money into rather than keep these structures up. So there are a couple of uh, private uh, organizations, citizens, civilian uh, organizations that spend their time and, and money uh, fixing these uh, structures up. Now they can't build new ones, but they can restore the old ones. Now, are these uh, like in the national forest? Yes. Yes. Uh, the Olympics have some beautiful ones. And, you know, Oregon, all the way down through California. And then, of course, Appalachia Mountains. They, they've got that Appalachian Trail. That's sort of popular there, too. But there's very few left compared to how many there used to be. I think Christie said there was 100 and something, 126 structures made and now there's like 30 or something like that oh wow that's too bad because that that would be a really cool thing to take your kids and and rather and especially if they're five or six miles apart uh you can do like a 50 mile hike that way yeah yeah it's very accessible and and you know these days with covid uh they're saying get outdoors more i mean this is and this may be our lifestyle from here on out. Get out and get out into the hiking trails and take in nature. And, of course, there's always a double-edged sword about that because the more people that you have out there that don't take care of the environment as much as they do. Because here's something about Christy. She uh, carries in everything and carries out everything, including right. she doesn't bury, dig a hole and with a lack of a bidet, you know, uses toilet paper and buries it. She she packs it back out, as many responsible hikers do. That's yeah, that, that's, that's one reason of not going hiking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make it that long. <laughs> you know, even her dogs. She'll even uh, put the dog stuff in in uh, yeah plastic bags and dog stuff. I can understand, but if you're trying to if if you're trying to hit. A a, a a plastic bag or something, and you, she must have much better aim than I would. I can tell you that right now. I think it's a practice to skill. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Skill. I, I didn't ask her. You know, I didn't go into too much depth on it. But maybe, maybe, I, will. <laughs> maybe I will just just for the sake of you know having the right information. And, and this would be one of those things that, that you what you wouldn't do. Is if you're hiking your way out and you needed something from your backpack, and you wouldn't send somebody else to get into your backpack to look for something. Uh, hey, I got a brownie mix in that second uh, zipper lock. Can you grab that? Yeah, can you, can you go get my. I, I got a I got a candy bar in my backpack somewhere. It looks really like a a tootsie roll or a Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. <laughs> oh, how oh man, what. <laughs> But that, I mean, but but you got to do that. Well, it's like you know, the the people up at uh, um, that go to uh, Mount Everest or to uh, um, Mount Rainier, uh, that you have to take everything back out because it's going to freeze and be there. You can have a turd that's uh, like sixty years old that's still there. That's right. What do they call that? Ocelite or something like that? The old dinosaur poop? You get jewelry and all that stuff out of it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you got to. You gotta you 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 gotta be responsible that way, and I I, I applaud that, but I can't see myself, you know. Right, anyway, but but have you gone hiking very much? Um, not so much in the last decade, but I, I did a good amount when I was younger. I used to love to go out at night. I was one of those night hikers. Wow, because there is nothing cooler, in my opinion, than hiking in the forest during the full moon. I would make a point of that. Now, if it's nice and warm and, and stuff and it's clear, then, then the full moon, yeah. Yeah, that, that it's, would be. it's stunning. And it's a whole different world out there when it's, you know, nighttime. Yeah. So You can't, you can't see as far either. So, I mean, there could be, you could, you could uh, run into, I don't know, a Sasquatch or something. Well, you, you could. You could. Yeah, and one of the one of these days we'll have to find somebody who has run into a Sasquatch and talk to we, them. We will certainly have to do that. <laughs> because I can imagine that experience would change a person's life, and they would no longer want to hike at night. 
you you might not have to um, uh, worry about carrying your poop back because you're going to leave it there <laughs> rather suddenly if you're not careful. If if a Sasquatch were to come up on you, you wouldn't need to bag anything. That's you right. <laughs> Except your pants, because that would be that would be bad. But that's uh, right. You know, that's but, but when I when I was a kid, we went on fifty mile hikes, and it was funny because uh, where we would start, you'd find um trash along the trail the uh, farther the farther you got in we went on the um cascade crest trail which i highly recommend if if you have the opportunity because uh, that goes all the way from um the canadian border down to mexico and, oh yeah yeah okay i've never done that we yeah it, we did a, a 50 mile piece of it and it's it's really it it's it's unbelievable in in spots. How long did that take you? Well, we only did fifty miles, so we did, and that was just seven days. And so we, we and I was, I was, at that time, I was like 13, 12, 13, and I had a fifty mile, a fifty pound pack, because we oh. had to pack our own food and all that kind of stuff, and we cooked oh. and and all of that, and uh, it was, it was a real hearty experience. But in those days. Nobody had a gun that I know of that that was in our group. Um, I don't even think that the guy had a had a had a weapon of any kind. But there was there was nobody. This, of course, this is in the um, late sixties. Wow, no bear and no mountain lion. Never, never saw a bear. Never saw a mountain lion. Um, I suspect that they're more prevalent now than they were then. Um, I don't know that, but uh, never saw any of that stuff though. Wow. Um, we were, we were very lucky, but uh, but when you get away from civilization, you see how uh, nasty people actually are. Because it's really because when you're ten miles in or so, most people don't want to hike that far, and the ones who do are the ones who take care of the environment. So yeah. the candy bar wrappers and the cigarette butts and all that kind of stuff, those kind of stop at about five or six miles in, oh, and okay. but people are just so. Uh, they 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 don't take our planet seriously enough, in my opinion. I, I think it must take that level of dedication to getting that far out to really start to appreciate, you know, what what is going on in our forests, and you know, I think that's part of the reason why Christy is uh, writing this book. Uh, she's got a long experience with hikes, and that certainly is her environment. You know, being out in nature and the trees and and uh, with all the she's always posting pictures of uh, trees and landscapes and, you know, her dogs running. She loves to have a trail dog. So there's a lot of kinship to what goes on in those trails and those trees. She's really got a strong connection. And I think that explains a lot of her motivation for writing the book is just getting people out there. And she absolutely loves these structures. I mm-hmm. can see how welcoming, you know, they are. Um, so if people get a chance, we're, we're, I will finish and post that, uh, or I'll send it to you so that you can post when I get that, uh, interview properly edited, because it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll put that on my independence report and we'll attach it to this and, and, uh, and so we'll play that right, right after this and it'll be, it'll be good. Cool. It, because I had never, I've only lived here all my life and I never heard of such a thing. No kidding. Yeah. I, and have never heard of it at all. Wow. So, but now what do they call them? Do you know? Um, yeah. Let's see if I can get that name because I want to make sure that it's accurate. Well, I think they're just called hiking structures. They're called structures. Did did now in your interview with uh, Christy? Did she talk about the uh, um, history of them? Who who came up with that great idea to start doing those? She says the forestry department. I don't think it's attributed to either any one person, but it was part of that whole movement of uh, infrastructure. You know, the outdoors infrastructure was going on. You know, the logging roads are being turned into uh, highways and so forth, and that's when they started building. Uh, a lot of the infrastructure that we have now, and this was just an offshoot of that. 
I see. So that's where that came from. And there was a budget for such things. You know, it was really, uh, it was beneficial even for the forest com companies to have uh, people aware of uh, being outdoors. Uh, there was an economic uh, aspect to it all. And, and the fact that, you know, all the good reasons that, uh, you know, the forestry department wanted people to get out and, and enjoy, you know, all of the stuff that we have outdoors. You know, nothing like a meadow and its wildflowers and those trees. Whew. Oh, I, I, I remember, you know, being in a meadow and, and having a deer kind of walk into the meadow and, and look at you and, and, and scamper off and stuff. It was, it was, you know, being in the wild like that is just wonderful. You know what I think would be a great idea for somebody that wanted to be a philanthropist mm -hmm. is, is to um is to do that to build like a track and make it like a, a 50 mile or 40 mile track and there there's a beginning and there's an end and you control the number of people that go on there at any given time so that you you don't have people running into each other um um trying to sleep in the same place but have like you know uh, a, a group of people that can go a day and they pay so much money to do that and uh, then they hike five or six miles and they have they stay in the cabin and then they hike to a lake and they stay in the in the cabin and and stuff like that that would that, i would think that would go over really well with somebody that's a great idea that's a great idea you know the proceeds from that would cover the cost of keeping the trail up yeah. man i think that's a wonderful idea dude i think people would i think people would do it they'd want to you know and especially if it uh, was monitored in some degree so that people don't get lost and like fall down and die and all that kind of stuff which yeah tragic. Happens. Yeah. yeah you know in, in fact you're talking about the deer there's a story that uh, christy told me she was out uh, one morning without her bidet <laughs> and she was against a tree and a deer came up, a wild deer came up and, you know, licked her face while she was, you know, busy and then, you know, walked off. <laughs> well, deers are pretty smart. They pretty, I'm sure the, the deer figured out that she wasn't going to be able to chase them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What a friendly deer, you know. Yeah. You know, my, my cat, you know, pleasantly comes in the room when I'm I'm so occupied, and she'll look at me wondering, you know, what are you doing? Are you doing it right? <laughs> yeah, but I've never had you know supervision by a deer, and I I would find that endearing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That would be that would be very interesting, and and of course I had never thought about that. I never thought of that that the process that you have to go through to uh, um to take care of your business when there's no toilet there. Um, yeah. How would, how would you, you know, hang your butt over a log, I suppose, or, or I guess against a tree that would work. But you, you'd have to have really strong legs to do that. I'm just glad I'm a guy. Cause you know, over 50% of the time it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah, more than that. Easy, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, feel, I don't know how how women are able to do that. Although, I do understand that they have you know a device that they can uh, put up there that uh, uh, puts the stream in a you know in the direction that's desired. You know, a little attachment that you can fit and uh, aim. I, I had no. The only the only time that I've ever experienced that was uh, when a gal. Um, Eric and I, if you haven't paid, been paying attention, we were old bus drivers, or he's still a current bus driver. I'm an old bus driver, and the only time I, I, I saw a, a woman taking a pee in 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 the uh, um, bus in the bus uh, shelter, and and so it was like, oh, so that's how that works. I get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it was not. Uh, you know, I don't know. But anyway, the, so if you will do that for me and uh, um, finish that? editing that. Oh and, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the uh, not uh, now. Yeah, not the other thing. <laughs> okay. But if you if you would do that for me, that would be awesome. And then we'll put that up in in uh, right behind this, or we might uh, edit them together. 
and to make it like a little bit longer, like an hour and a half or something. But it would be good. It would be good to see. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's well worth the information and uh, people should get out and hike more. They should use, they should see as much as of this, uh, of the outdoors as they can. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm not there anymore, but uh, when I was younger, it was fun. Um, did, did you ever go up like Mount Sai or any of those things? I have gone up Mount Sai. That's that's a nice hike, you know. Talk about a trail. That's an excellent trail. That's uh if it wasn't, you know, mostly vertical, it's almost like Green Lake, you know, <laughs> with a lot of kickbacks and an angle. But it's very accessible for people that are medium, medium in shape. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it now, but uh, nope. Unless I had a week or two. Nope. <laughs> nope. A month but, or two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely worth the time. And it's so good for your spirit to get outdoors. I do make an effort to go down to our local parks. You know, I live in Burien, and there's a number of wonderful parks in this area. On on the waterfront, you know, we've got a couple. And then, of course, you know, farther out, we've got one around a pond. And uh, there's a couple other parks that are just great to get into the woods and you know, 10 minutes away from the house and you're, you're in nature again. And you, you know, you can hear cars. If you listen, you can hear cars, but you don't have to listen. And it's a great escape. You feel like you're really rejuvenated. You do. And, and there's a lot of energy that's in the forest. Um, and then, you know, it's, I, I tell people all the time uh, when, in, when they're arguing with me about whether energy exists, I say, go up and put your hands on a tree and you can feel it vibrate yes because it's alive and i'm you glad you pointed that out you have an affinity for trees i do i do i do yeah. i love you know because it, there are it, it is amazing the, the how how the the structure of the tree and i know that there's this guy who's written about trees quite a little bit is there yeah, his name is Eric uh, Hall, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a there's an audio out there someplace of uh, of uh, you, uh, of a little book that you wrote. Oh, that's a, right. That's right. A guy did the voiceover for that. I think his yeah. name is Kevin, Kevin Mac, Mac, uh, McDonald. Uh, that's right. Kevin McFry. <laughs> or, or, or Kevin McFry. Mick, uh, what is it? That, that that pork thing that they they do? That oh, McRib. Oh, that McRib, which has nothing. I'm not even sure that the McRib was in a pork processing plant at one time. It's, yeah, it's, but I'm not sure if it's actual pork. Or well, I've never seen them release the recipe for that, so we may never know. Nope, nope. And they only and only only have it on for so long because I think it would start to kill people, and then they and they so they. Pull it, it um, pull it off occasionally. So. Has anyone seen McMayer since they've released that McRib? No. Mayor McCheese? Mayor McCheese has not been seen since uh, McRib has been out. I'm a little suspicious. That was a Mayor McCheese? Yeah. Yeah, for a while they did this uh, Mayor McCheese, and they had a couple other characters, you know, that uh, they personalized this food and make kids want to go eat them. Oh yes, yes. You know that was a big deal way back when when they brought out the kids' meals. Uh, you'd have, you'd have thought that those have been out forever, but they haven't been. It it was we were kids. Not when I was a kid. They they, oh. they had no such thing. Nope. Oh gosh, you poor guy. You're not that much older than me. Well, I was in the '60s. You you see, you were still on baby food in the '60s. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was born in '61. Oh, it was 61. Okay. I thought, I thought it was 64. No, no. So I just look young for my age. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, 61. Let's see if you were born in 61, that means that you are, you're getting close to retirement. What's that like? I'm getting close to retirement. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're 59. <laughs> Like to not I know what it's like to be close to the age of retirement, but uh, close to retirement. I'm not really, you know, there yet. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, I got to tell you. Well, you know, I don't, uh, I think, 
you know, like they say, the 60s are, or the 50s are the new 30s. I think the 60s are the new 35s because I really don't feel 60 in the way that I think of my parents as being 60. Isn't it amazing how that how that changes? I yeah. I, I thought, well, I, I remember way back when, uh, when I was a teenager going, in the year 2000, I'm going to be 43 years old. In the year 2000, man, I don't know if I'm going to live that, you know. And and my my uncle, uh, he died at 60. My brother died at 64. Um, and and stuff. And and some of us are going to survive a lot longer than that, uh, which is good. Which I I don't feel as old. Certainly don't feel as mentally as old as as I perceive them as being. Yeah, I think that's the whole thing because, you know, I look at myself and I don't see myself as large as I am. But and so I don't. Uh, cognitively, I don't. Uh, I don't acknowledge my physical shape as probably as much as I should. There's a little bit of denial about my physical state, but my mental state, I feel, man, I might be 30. Yeah, seriously. You know, I, I'm just 30. Uh, because I still have, you know, a lot of things that I want to do, a lot of things that I wake up in the morning and, and smile about, uh, a lot of things that uh, intrigue me. And I didn't think, maybe I just didn't know my parents that well, but I, I never picked up that my parents were as readily engaged with finding new things when they were in their 60s. Now, my dad only lived till he was 63. Uh, my dad, my mom lived till she was 73. And uh, she was probably more oh, engaged in learning more new things than my father was. But I didn't pick up that they were, you know, in the hunt. I guess I would say that would define it. Like you yourself, you're, you're changing your logo. Uh, you're changing the concept or your, uh, not the concept of your show, but the availability of your show, exploring new markets and new ways to present yourself. Uh, so... I don't think somebody in our 60s really did that. Somebody, you know, in our parents' age when they were 60s really did that. That was rare. I don't think so either. I, I think everybody was, by that time, you were kind of set, set in your ways and thinking new stuff wasn't something that you really wanted to do. All you wanted to do was sit there and, and watch TV. And st I'm finding I've, I'm not working right now because of my shoulders and elbows and all that stuff. I don't even turn on the friggin' TV until nighttime. I'm wow. too I'm too busy during the day to do stuff. Good for I, you. Because you know, we've got this podcast. I'm doing another one at four. So if you're not doing anything this afternoon at four, we're doing another live broadcast. Um, so I'm doing two or three of these a day, and I'm having a great time doing it. And I love talking to people like you. You 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 make me laugh, and and we can reminisce about some really cool stuff. I have a great time, man. This is the best part of my week. You know, I get uh, um, people tell me that uh, I have a lot of authors and I have a lot of people that I interview, but they some people tell me, you know, you should just do a show about nothing, kind of like Seinfeld, where you're just rambling about the day's events and about what's going on and stuff like that. And and uh, so this is kind of that. So I kind of enjoy this doing this with you as well. I have been told many times in my life, well, you're really good for nothing. And yes. <laughs> I get that. I get that. And I'm proud of that. You know, you got to be good at something. I may as well be good at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not true. But uh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. But that's that's not true. It's like it's like uh that there's an old saying. It's not an old saying. It's it actually I paid uh, two hundred dollars to hear this saying. Like, this is at a at a conference. Um and he said uh um, I should tell that story real quick. Have you, are you familiar with the, uh, uh, landmark, uh, landmark people? It's a, it's a uh, no, it's, it's landmark. Uh, um, it's, it's a, uh, uh, self-improvement, um, um, company. No, I'm unaware of them. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the story real quick in, is in, in, you go there on a Friday night and you sign up and there's like a hundred people in the room. And uh, you have what they call a facilitator who's at the front. And he starts talking about things like 
um, the st starts talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, why we why we act the way that we do, what's a story, and then people would get up and tell their story about what they thought about themselves or that, and it came out that m your mother was abusive or or dad was distant or stuff like that, and then they spent the day working. So this was Friday night, and that goes into Saturday all day, and then Sunday all day, and then you have a follow up course follow-up deal on Tuesday where you're supposed to bring a friend or a group of friends so that they can sign up for next time. These people aren't stupid. And, uh, and so, so Friday and Saturday, we had people that were calling, you know, they had you write letters to people that you, that you were mad at or that had done you wrong and stuff. And people were calling their parents that I hadn't seen in a long time or brothers and sisters and everybody was getting real into that and all about their stories and what they were doing and um so on sunday and everybody and there are people that are crying there are people that on friday and saturday people that are crying people that are really invested in what's going on at the moment and so sunday about 1 30 in the afternoon we're there till five the the guy uh at the front of the room says you know, we've been talking about everything that's uh, been going on in your lives in the, for the last two days. And I'm here to tell you, it's all a story that you made up. None of it's real. All of it's, all of it's fake. And then people would say, well, yeah, but, but no, I was abused when I was a kid. Can't do anything about that. Neither can you today. You have to let that go. That's a story that you told yourself. You told how you're going to feel about that story. You told how uh, yourself about how they were going to act about how you felt about that story. None of that's real. It's all, all, all fake. And, and, and people were getting, would get, were getting upset because he was, he was devaluing the story that they told themselves. And he said, I suppose you're wondering why I'm telling you that I'm telling you that to tell you this. Your life is empty and meaningless. <laughs> and a third of the room, it was like, what? You're, you're telling what? I'm a Christian and my like God says. And, and, and people were going crazy with the, all this. You know, like, I, my, I know what I'm, I'm valuable. I got to. And, and so he let them go through all of this, this angst that they were going through. For a couple of moments in the end uh and actually for about a half hour and he was answering questions you know like that's a story the story that you told yourself that's nothing to do with reality that didn't really happen and, and and if it did happen it didn't happen the way you say it happened because that's a story that you told yourself Whoa. and and he said and your life and he, he kept repeating it your life is empty and meaningless. And I'm telling you that because that is the most freeing statement I can possibly give you. Really? That your life is empty and meaningless. And the guy and the guy stood up and he, and he called on him and the guy said, "I think you're a fraud. And I think you are a charlatan. I think this whole thing sucks and I think that you guys should go to hell on the horse you rode in on." Because my life isn't empty and meaningless. My wife tells me that. My kids tell me that. I've got value. I've got this. I've got that. And, and, the, and at one point, the uh, facilitator stopped him and said, no, you misunderstand me. So the guy sat down. He said, this is what I mean by your life is empty and meaningless. Your life is empty until you decide what you're going to fill it up with. And if you decide that you're going to fill it up with crap and the stories that people told you 30 years ago that you still believe today, that's fine. But that, but understand that that's nothing more than the story that you're telling yourself and that you are in charge of that story. And your, your, your uh, life is uh, meaningless until you decide what it means. Wow. And you, and you pay, and you pick, you pick, you get to pick what your life means. If it's, if you decide that it means nothing and that you're not worth anything, that the story you told yourself, it's not true. But if you want to believe it, go ahead. Can't stop, can't stop you from that. But I'm here to tell you, your life is precious. But if you don't believe it, it's not.
So your life is empty and meaningless until you decide what it means and you're going to fill it up with whatever you want. And you have the ability. You're free to do anything that you like. Fill it up with however you want to live. And then so, so then people started, well, I guess maybe he's right. I don't know. I, you know. And everybody had to reevaluate what they had been telling themselves, the story that they believed, what their mothers had said to them, how it all came down so that they could then um, break through and learn to live life a little bit more authentically and, uh, and with purpose uh, because we all have the same thing. We all have the same abilities. Man, that's some powerful stuff. Wasn't, know, that an interesting, wasn't that an interesting experience? He really primed them up, got them oh, on the edge, and he he had them going for two whole days, and and they were there were people that were so deep and invested in their stories that they kept getting bigger and they kept getting bigger and and stuff because we all want when something bad happens to us. <laughs> Or when we want it, we want to portray it as something that uh, somebody did to us, and that's why it's, it is the way it is. This guy did this. I had a seven-year-old who uh, told me I was worthless, or that told me to go away because I was stupid. Well, I took that for years. The seven-year-old. I bought into what a seven-year-old was telling another seven-year-old, and I took it as gospel truth. Ouch. Ouch. But that happens to us all. Because That's so true. And I, re I remember conversations that I had with my mom, and, and years later I would say, do you remember the time when I went to clean my room and I cleaned it real well and I put the vacuum cleaner away and you came home from shopping and said, no, you can't go play because you got to go clean your room? And I said, I did. You said, no, you didn't because the vacuum's not out. Oh, but you put it away. I put it away because I was, you know, sometimes you get really invested in, in cleaning and, and, and getting that done and you want to look nice and, and all that. She didn't believe me um, because that was out of character. But you see, now that's a story that I, by the way, my vacuum cleaner in my house, yeah. I never put it away again. Um, <laughs> to, this, to this day, I don't put my vacuum cleaner away. Uh, but but that, those are the stories that we tell ourselves. And, and, and so I asked her about that. I, I brought that up. I carried it with me my whole life as a big deal. I, I told her that story, and she said, I don't remember that. Really? So, yeah, so I got to thinking about that. It's like, holy shit. What you're telling me is there are things that have affected me for my entire <laughs> life that other people supposedly did to me, and they don't even remember it? <laughs> How screwed up is that? <laughs> Your life is worthless. <laughs> it's something, it's something meaningless. And you get to, and oh so you, 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 so that brought out all of that. And, and then the, the emotions just kept flooding. So now my mantra is my life. When I got up this morning, my life was empty. My life was meaningless until I and nobody else decided what it was going to mean and what I'm going to fill it up with today. That's amazing stuff, Kevin. Isn't that cool? That's very cool stuff. And it's it's so true because when you got up this morning, when I got up this morning and I went to my computer and I and I looked at the <laughs> and I looked at the uh, logos. In case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, I'm working on developing more different logos and uh, taking the program bigger than it is today, which uh, I hope you all will support. But in any event, um, so I go look at the logos. I send them to people that I that I respect their opinion. You are one of them, uh, by the way, and somebody else. And, uh, and I started getting feedback and the feedback was, well, how about change this? And da, 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 da. and, and, uh, I was completely lost, had no earthly idea what I was going to do, uh, with it. And, uh, and so you called me and we worked through it. We worked through it together and came to a place where, um, the understanding that I have now is different than it was then. So I, I, so I grew through that 
and uh, and now know what I'm going to do. And then a gal called to be booked on the show. Turns out she's a medium and talked to me with about my dad, who had passed away ten years ago. So so when I got up this morning, I had no idea what I was going to do about anything, and I was kind of lost. Now I the whole day changed because of the cool things and people that I've had the opportunity to interact with today. So it's become a fabulous day. What a day, man! And I want to thank you for that. That was my pleasure. I had, I had such a great time. I had such a great time. It, it's, uh, well, I love art, like, uh, you know, I, I've mentioned before. And that's the reason. You know, there's a process to it. Our perceptions are paramount to our existence, like you just explained. There is a reason why we perceive the world in the way that we do. Thus, there is a reason that art exists in the way that it does and, and why it's important. And uh, it should be incorporated in our daily lives. We should spend time with art, at least thinking about it a few minutes every day, and our days would be better if we did so. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, and just, just the process of putting the art together and, and what they were thinking when they were doing that. What's the gentleman's name again that we were referencing earlier? Peter Max. Peter Max. If you have the opportunity... Go look up his work, Peter Max, M-A-X. He's got some really phenomenal, uh, I would I'd call it psychedelic 60s kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but he was he was really was phenomenal. So so for those of you that are wondering, the uh, logo is going to kind of look like a cross between the Partridge family bus and yellow submarine. The uh, uh, So it's going to be real vibrant colors, and it's going to be... Um, a really light thing designed for for everyone to to uh, um, get rid of hate division and fear, and because we're declaring our freedom from hate division and fear and all of that, so it's it's really cool. And that process worked out really really well. And I thank you for it. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now I'm going to try and to ex explain that to the marketing people and see what they come back with. It's like we have no earthly idea what you're talking about. That, that could happen too. <laughs> hey, pass it over here, brother. <laughs> I, I'll take a hit from that. Just, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's not really as funny anymore because it's legal and all that. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, one more story, and then I gotta go. I uh, and then we we gotta wrap this up. But uh, way back in the seventies, when the Sonics were still here, and yeah. uh, um. It was, well, no, wait a minute. This is about 82 or 83. And pot, of course, is still illegal and stuff. And a bunch of us got together, um, and we went and played around a golf. And I called my girlfriend, who became my wife, unfortunately. And she wanted me to come home. And I said, nah, they want me to go play, uh, go to the Sonic game with them. Cool. And, I, and so I, I don't get to go to very many Sonic games. So, so I said, let me go, please, honey, please. And she said, all right, you can go. I felt like a little kid. I was a little kid. In any event, so we go to the Sonics game. We have fun at the Sonics game, have a couple of beers. We come out. We go to a bar. We sit in the man's van. He had a, he had, remember those, those Chevy minivan, or not minivans, but those full, long vans? I used to have one. Yes, yes. Or did you have a bed in it? I had a G20. Well, long story short, yes and no. <laughs> I could put a bed in when I wanted it. Oh, so you had a portable bed if you had plans for that evening. I built the I built the frame that would slide over the the wheel wells that would fit my queen size bed. And then back in those days, you could camp on the beach oh, down in Ocean Shores. And I would drive my van down there, open up the side doors, drink my tequila, smoke a cigar, and uh Wake up the next morning, make breakfast, and then head back into town. Yeah, he he used his van and the bed that was in it for um, uh, his nocturnal activities. Uh, that would, <laughs> would happen mm -hmm. somewhere uh, mm -hmm. at the end of a bar evening. Yeah, he, Rather than take her home, he'd just take her to the van. Wow. Uh, seemed to work for him. Uh, I've but, heard of such things happening, yes. <laughs> but in any event, there were uh, six of us, and somebody brought out some pot. And so we were smoking in, in the back of the van. We were smoking pot before we were going to go into the bar. And um, as we're sitting there, 
I don't know how a pot affects you, but it affects me. I don't speak because I feel like I'm going to say something really utterly stupid. And oh. so I, I just, I just, and everybody else apparently felt the same way. So here they are, six guys out to have a killer time, and we're all sitting in the back of a van going. <laughs> You first. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you, uh, you guys hungry? <laughs> so it was, so I decided there and then it was like, this is a friggin' waste of time. Because uh, you, you're just like, I don't know. What I don't, yeah. There's, there's a time and place for it. You know, <laughs> There's a time and place for it. I don't miss it. It's been years since I've had it. And I, there are only occasional days that I miss it. And, you know, that's that's the great thing about it is that uh, that gives you a reason. That gives you an excuse for saying something stupid. <laughs> well, I was stoned. <laughs> but, but, you see, since I wanted to fill my, my life up with something meaningful, I didn't want to say something stupid. To see. And so, that is uh, a conundrum. <laughs> By the way, that is Eric Hall over there, and uh, we've been we've been chatting for now. I've really enjoyed today's show. I really have. This was fun. This was fun. We covered a lot of great subjects, but days and trees from yeah, we and Peter Max. Yeah, it, it was it was great fun, and uh, we are going to attach uh, the uh, interview that you did with uh, Christine, right? Yes, a lot of great information. She's a terrific lady. Uh, people will enjoy this and get a lot out of it. And it's the the uh, interview is about the structures that are in the woods that that were built and then they kind of have been abandoned over time. And and so she is she talks a lot about that. So it yeah. really that'll be an interesting discussion. So yeah, yeah, she's writing Looking a book about it. So. Indeed. And when she gets done with the book, I would love her to have her on the podcast as well. Oh, great. I think she'd enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you can bring her and the, and the three of us can sit. As a matter of fact, can you, fun. See, see if we can do that next See if she'll come on next week. I'll, I'll ask her. I know that she works, but uh, I'll, I'll see if she's available. Yeah, she's available. We can change the time too, to make it to make it suitable on Tuesday or Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. Oh, at one point. Anyway, uh, but, but look into that and we'll see. Okay. I'll we'll do see. that. And I want to thank you for participating today. It's been, it's, I've, I've had a really nice time. And thank you for helping with, with me with the logo. I think that that'll be really, really helpful. Really helpful. So my pleasure. Looking forward to seeing the, the results. Me too. It'll be interesting. Now, I, of course, I've got to redo everything more or less. So, <laughs> given that and you stay tuned you stay there i'm going to close out the show and we'll be right back all right hey and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end hey pretty cool hey don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts and remember take care of each other because each other's all we got see you next time a mind dependence report